Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Tuesday, it can mean only one thing. Dwayne Long is set to join us first. Some house cleaning. We have a tremendous deal going on right now. Get two months for $1. Each team that made the NCAA tournament, that site is having this deal. Two months, $1. You must act fast because it ends Thursday night. Repeat. It ends Thursday night. Remember, the tournament starts on Friday this year, not Thursday. So the promo goes through Thursday night. You start the tournament Friday, all promoed up. Yes, basketball is in our frontal lobe. And we will finish the show with predictions on how far Ohio State will go today. Dwayne, we will take a look at the depth charts coming up for spring. First, Dwayne, how goes it? Oh, I'm good. Uh, It is spring. You said the right word. We finally made it through another winter and... uh... You know, spring football right around a corner. We're going to take Dave Biddle's depth chart review that he did on February 24th and 25th of the past month. We're going to go over his predictions and Dwayne's going to let you know whether he agrees or disagrees. And then he'll give his reasoning for such. And of course, we will start with quarterback. Dave's prediction, CJ Stroud will be the starter, the backups, Jack Miller or Kyle McCord. Your thoughts? I think it's going to be Stroud, but we just keep getting bits and pieces that McCord is a really special talent, that he is a, a kid that has a command about him. He's, you know, that guy that's going to walk in the huddle and as soon as he arrives, everybody shuts the hell up. Uh, that's the kind of kid he is, and, and uh, he's just got that swagger about him that we've seen with so many great quarterbacks. Uh, I, I, but I do think that, that – uh, uh, Stroud is probably going to get the nod. Um, he's uh, he's been around a little bit longer, even though you know with last year things are so broken up. Uh, he and Miller just don't have an advantage that much of an advantage over McCord because they they were so little practice, even you know so uh, so few games. It just uh, you know how many of those games that got canceled would those guys have gotten in and gotten a little bit of seasoning? We're going into this fall with one of the craziest stats ever, and that is we're going to have a starting quarterback who's never thrown a, a pass in a college football game. So that is that is just something to think about. Uh, obviously, it is the key area is quarterback. You know, we may not have ever had three quarterbacks in the room that are that talented at the same time, but we definitely have the least experienced group. So I agree with you. I think Stroud will be the starter. I mean, this position figures to be super interesting for years, given the fact that Quinn Ewers is coming in and uh, dominoes will eventually fall. But let's move to running back. Another interesting spot. Dave has the starter as Master Teague. 
backed up by Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson. Your thoughts? Okay, we're me and Dave are going to have to part company now. We got to get in different rooms now because I just don't. Teague really was. If you think about it, Dan, I mean, let's let's take the uh, sermon may have had more carries in the end than Teague. Teague just did not have that extra thing. One thing that was so spectacular about Dobbins, this kid would bounce. He had vision. He's looking for a new hole. Teague is going to run to where the hole is. And if it's there, watch out because he's a big dude and he can move. But it's just it's, it's just not that there all the time. You know, you got to have a back. Vision is something we talk about with backs all the time. And we haven't seen it out of out of uh, Teague yet. He's he's a north south runner. He get him going north and give him a hole. It is it, anything can happen. Uh, you just don't expect a guy that big to be moving that fast, but he's very fast. So, uh, you know, I, but Sermon was the guy that really generated the running attack. When we started going to Sermon more, the running attack got better. So I, I just think that, that uh, Henderson is such a talent. And running back is the same in high school and college. I mean, obviously the speed is different, but it, it's still the same skill. A running back at this level can play as a freshman. It's just that simple. And I think he's the most talented guy in the room. Now, I think that that we could see Teague uh, start the season as the starting running back, uh, even though I see Crowley as a, as a talent that, that uh, far superior to Teague. So, uh, and he's already been here too. So maybe, maybe he is the one to, to keep an eye on there. But Henderson... Uh, by the Michigan game, Henderson's going to be the starter here. Master Teague's best role so far has been as J.K. Dobbins' backup when he came in the, you know, the second or third possession of the third quarter and is running against a little bit of a weary defense coming north-south at 200 and X pounds. Anybody who saw the recent viral picture of Master Teague knows that's not a guy you want to be tackling. He just doesn't have the wiggle and the dance that some of the other guys have, so he's not the long-distance threat. I do think he'll be the starter to start the season. Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson will be his backups, like Dave said. By the end of the year, I think it may be a, a committee approach, but I do think Teague's got to play a larger role earlier on. Keep in mind also, you got a rookie quarterback or a freshman quarterback. If you put a freshman running back in there, when picking up blocking schemes and such, I'm not sure they're going to be into that. Once the experience flattens out, I don't think the talent is in question. All right, let's move to wide receiver. I think it's obvious Chris Olave will be the starter and Garrett Wilson will be the starter. The third starter they have he has is Jamison Williams. Do you agree with that? You know what? I was waiting for you to get there. Williams didn't do enough last year to uh, to build any confidence in me that he's he's going to be the third guy. We've got an elite group. I don't know if I've ever seen a a uh, room with that many talented players in it. I mean, elite players. There are guys that are just waiting to get in. We started seeing a little bit more of Fleming as the, just a little bit more as the season wore on and get that kid in there and, and get him uh, coached up on running routes and, and, and things such as that, you know, you running routes is important. And if you look back at his high school career, it was just, you run and we're going to throw you the ball. And he was just that capable. He was just that much of a dynamic uh, football player that it worked. Well, you got to run routes at this level. And I believe that he could. I mean, you got 
you got Scott. Uh, it's just, and then uh, Egbuka's coming in. So Williams cannot be the player he was last year and hold on to that third spot. I'm going to go with Fleming there. And if if Egbuka is, is the backup, it's not going to surprise me. It's really not going to surprise me. It's, it's not uh, running back. You see, it's such an instinctive position. Receiver, you got to learn to run route. You got to, especially in, in Ryan Day's offense. You know, there aren't the jet sweeps and that kind of stuff. It's uh, all three receivers are running routes, getting down the field. So Williams has got to be better than he was last year. But that's all there is to it. And I'm going to Fleming there. A lot of the projections for the draft next year have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave as the top two receivers right now. So, you know, you're stacked there. I actually think Jackson Smith and the Jigba will probably get the third most snaps. You mentioned the need for polish and route running. Smith and the Jigba came in as the most refined receiver they've had in a while. I still think he's going to be able to blossom there. This is probably the least relevant starting spot discussion we're going to have. I think more guys are going to get in this year. You mentioned the lack of practice time and the difficulty of playing receiver. Those guys suffered as much as the quarterbacks with the pandemic and the inability to get out there as much as they could have. So we will watch that. But receiver, like you said, stacked. Let's move to tight end. Pretty simple. Jeremy Ruckert as the starter, according to Dave, backed up by Cade Stover or Mitch Rossi, and then Joe Royer or Sam Hart. This is basically Ruckert and then you guess. Yeah, yeah, that was my, my comment was going to be, it's going to be Ruckert and the field. That's, that's what it's going to be. We don't know who's going to come out of there. You know, Royer was a really athletic tight end, but I don't know if that's uh, you know, he's more of an H-back type, and we have not been using that. We got two tight ends in there. They're the block. So, um, uh, you know, Sam Hart could come out of this. He's the he's the next in size, you know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Stover. Um, we'll see. Hopefully the kid hits field. He's such a super athlete, but he just doesn't seem to be a good fit anywhere. Um, you know, we saw him in high school, and we're like, this kid's going to be great, and then it's, Okay, do you have a position? So uh, I'm hoping for the best for that kid. But uh, I don't know if he's big enough to be a tight end here. It remains to be seen. He was a great high school basketball player as well. Super athlete. So I have faith that Kate Stover will be a contributor. He needs it. He needed some time. I mean, he didn't play tight end in high school. And it's an adjustment with level and position. So we'll give him some time. Let's move to the offensive line. We are not going to discuss left tackle. And we are not going to discuss right tackle. Left tackle will be Thayer Mumford. Right tackle will be Nicholas petit Ferrer. Left guard. Dave Biddle predicts Matthew Jones. At center, he predicts Harry Miller. At right guard, he predicts Paris Johnson Jr. Agree or disagree? I uh, disagree. Um, I don't know if we got enough out of uh, Harry Miller last year to, to have any confidence that he's going to hold down any of the spots. Matthew Jones came in. Dan, the offense, the running attack got better immediately. Harry Miller, uh, you know, I understand what the coaches are trying to trying to do uh throw him in there and trial by fire you know we we've got a history of doing that at cornerback just throwing them out there and and letting the chips fall where they may and let them get seasoned but he just never seemed to come on and you know penalties just it was just uh, uh it was not good so i'm not absolutely certain he's going to be the center matthew jones came here to play center and after his performance, um, uh, when Harry Miller was out, 
maybe you're going to throw him in there. Luke Weipler, let me tell you something. Watching this kid in high school, Harry Miller moved well as a center. Luke Weipler moves like a tackle. He just doesn't have the length. I believe he is the kid that we've got to watch, and, and if he's in there, it's not going to surprise me. But I'm going with Matthew Jones as the center. I just think that uh, um, we're, we're, going to, we're going to see him take – he's got to be in there. I just don't see where Harry Miller is the better player, whether at guard or at center. That's simple. So uh, Matthew Jones, I'm going with him at center. DeWan Jones has to get on the field, Dan. I don't know what happened last year. He can play left tackle as a, as a true freshman. Now he's not anywhere. you know. And he was going to be the starting right guard if, uh, if, if Davis had went ahead and stayed out. But ne- then all of a sudden he's gone. We don't know where he's at. And I'm saying that when we, what we saw from Max Ray, kick him inside. Let him play guard. You know, that he looked so just – he was so outstanding when he got on the field when uh, Petit Frere was out. Kick him inside. Put the best five on the field. And, you know, Paris Johnson, uh, that could very easily happen just to get uh, going with the idea that, that uh, get the best five on the field. Paris Johnson is going to be one of the best five. But I, you know, I just thought seeing them wanting to play him at guard. They had to because um, uh, Jones went down. They stuck him in there, and he, he did impress. He knocked some people down. And, and you know, that is always going to be a thing. Putting the best five on the field is something you hear coaches say all the time. If that's what they decide to do, he's going to be on the field at one of them guard spots. This much we know when there is an Ohio State Offensive lineman reunion, Corey Lindsley, Andrew Norwell, or Pat Elfline will be more than capable of picking up the bill as they sign contracts worth about $35 million signing bonuses yesterday. Not bad. We'll be back. Take a look at the defense. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back. This group has way more questions than the offense, believe it or not. Let's talk where there aren't questions, I don't think. Yes, defensive line is a committee approach here under the great Larry Johnson, but your starting defensive ends figure to be the returning Tyreek Smith and the mercurial Zach Harrison. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's uh, pretty obvious that uh, they, you know, they were they were in there, and uh, there's no reason for them not to be. I do believe that uh, Sawyer, Jack Sawyer, will get on the field. I could see him in the two deep. He's just such a dominating uh, football player. And a very good athlete, too. So uh, I think he's on the field somewhere. Well, at one spot, they may swing him around. You, you just put him in there at both spots. Very rare for a freshman to play a huge role consistently on the defensive line. I do remember, however, watching Joey Bosa get it done. And it was incredible, given the fact that Sawyer has been labeled the lost Bosa brother. Our hopes are high. But when you look at the group, it does uh, jump out to you that Tyreek Smith returning was a major boon. All right. Defensive tackle. We are not going to talk about the starting three tech. That's going to be the great Haskell Garrett, who will be the starting one technique. That's your nose guard. 
Dave Biddle thinks it will be Jerron Cage, backed up by Antoine Jackson and freshman Tyleek Williams and freshman Mike Hall. Your vibe? I'm going to go with Jackson because he was in there before Cage anyway last year. So, uh, you know, he is not does not have the same size as Cage. I just have not seen enough out of Cage to make me think that he's a guy that can come in here and be a starter at Ohio State. Uh, Jackson has not proven uh, a lot. I think Mike Hall is a real threat to uh, to step in there before the season's out. You know, like you said, freshman on the defensive line that's that's a that's a big task. Uh, you're asking uh, you're asking a lot, uh, but I think once he gets in there, he starts getting in the weight room, starts picking up the pace of the game. He's just such a talent. He, I think he's an overlooked talent. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to be surprised at him. And then you have JT Tuomola. If he's here, he's going to play. He's going to start. Yes, he is. Strong statement. Let's deal with what you said originally. I do think there will be stretches, and I'm not sure it'll be against their bigger opponents, but there'll be stretches earlier on in the season where Sawyer and Hall dominate to the point where everyone will be ecstatic. I'm not sure we've had a defensive end, defensive tackle combo in a class like those two. So hopes are super high when it comes to that. All right, here's a really, really interesting group. That's the linebackers. Let's go through Dave's. Starting Will, he has it as Taraja Mitchell. Okay. I, I can. I absolutely believe they're the guys with the experience uh, coming back, and there's no reason for me to think that, uh, that you know, he's not going to play. Absolutely, I believe. he's When he's been in there, he's flashed. But they, you know, they stayed with their starters, and, you know, you can understand that. But, uh, yeah, Mitchell's going to – he's going to be in there. This guy, I have a feeling, could go from relatively unknown, and I use the term relatively there, to star this year, and that is the projection at starting Mike Dallas-Gant. Uh, now, you want to talk about flashing. Exactly. He's, he's a kid that when, when he's on the field, you see him. He, he's not out of the screen. He's, he's somewhere around the football. So, yeah, I, I love that pick, too. Now, here's really interesting. I have no idea here. Starting Sam, Craig Young, or Kavon Pope? Dave didn't even decide. Well, I want to go with Pope, but, you know, he has had uh, kind of a crazy offseason, popped off on on one of the platforms, said something. um, But he's another one. If you just you want to go by who flashed the most, it would be Pope. Uh, When he was been on the field, he has really been the one who has been around the ball even more so than Gant. So, um, you know, if he's got his head screwed on straight, uh, absolutely. Pope, Pope is a guy. We haven't seen enough of Craig Young for me to say. So, but I, I think Pope, if, um, if he's got his attitude uh, turned around and he's back to focus, he's going to be the starter. Let's move to the secondary, which is obviously another quagmire of interest. Dave has the starting cornerback, and he's going with three. We're going to name the slot a starter here based on yeah. application. He's got the starters as seven banks, Cam Brown, and then Marcus Williamson in the slot. Your vibe? I don't know why we're, we're going to have anything but them except for this. Those guys have had this, the experience, but we haven't been impressed with them, Dan. I believe that our incoming freshmen, we've got a history of throwing them in there. And we've got two really outstanding, the best cornerbacks uh, that we've had, that we've recruited since that stellar class that brought us Akuda and Wade. And, you know, that was just a monster class. And 
these two guys in particular, you know, we got we got three guys that are probably best at safety. I think they're going to the Jacalyn Johnson and uh, Jordan Hancock are really going to threaten. These guys did not impress last year. They're going to get a hard look. Let's say that. And there are some real talented kids and uh, we will throw freshmen in there. I don't think it's possible to say any position or any cornerback spot is taken except for seven banks. The other ones, man, you could convince me of almost anything based on health and who, who blossoms. So open challenge at cornerback, which is good. It's not a talent issue. Let's finish it off with another good Lord open challenge here at safety. I think we're comfortable saying Josh Proctor will start the other spot. He has Lathan Ransom, which means Marcus Hooker will move to backup. You've also got guys like Court Williams. Ronnie Hickman absolutely flashed. And you got Bryson Shaw, who also showed he could get on the field. Your vibe. I, I agree with Dave completely. I just saw Ransom was the guy that I, I said this before last season, that Ransom, uh, he may not start at the beginning of the year, but he's going to start at the end of the year. And he did. We didn't see anything out of uh out of hooker that makes me think that he's gonna gonna beat out ransom and we do have some guys that haven't played a lot running around out there as you said we've got youth is a is a thing we got a bunch of we got talented kids they're just young they're inexperienced uh i believe that those those are going to be your starting safeties and uh we'll see who comes in behind them you know we've got to have some rotation in there uh, as you said, you, you know, you don't even really need to introduce a starting 11 on on uh, defense anymore. It's a 12 because you're going to play the nickel guy so much that you, you've got 12 starters. Ransom, to me, had the best instincts of the group in terms of he was the safety in the right place at the right time kind of guy. Hooker is an obviously talented kid, but he looked like he was chasing and his eyes weren't telling him the truth. And obviously, when a safety plays poorly, you will know. So I agree, Ransom will be back there. Let's move to the team of the hour. The Ohio State Buckeyes basketball team had a tremendous season, fought all the way through overtime of the Big Ten tournament against a very talented, top-seeded Illinois team. They open against Oral Roberts on Friday. Potential second-round matchup with the winner of the Florida-Virginia Tech game. And you've got teams like Arkansas and Texas Tech down the line, possibly. How far do you think Ohio State will go in the tournament? It would be a disappointment if they didn't make the Sweet 16. And uh, I think the Elite Eight, uh, that's where, you know, they're going to, I think Arkansas is the team to worry about in in this side of the bracket. Um, I don't know how they got a, got a good draw. Overall, you know, at least in their their eighth of the bracket, and and it's just uh, getting to Arkansas and beating them uh, to get to the Elite Eight. I think they're going to get to the Final Four. I'm not impressed with Baylor like everybody else is as much. And also, Baylor, to me, has a little bit of a counterfeit vibe to it as a program. So they've got to prove it to me. Arkansas is a good team. They are not the Nolan Richardson squad, though. That's their first year really being good in a while. I've got confidence in Ohio State. They're a very strong two-seed, and I expect to see them in the Final Four. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. <laughs>